Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com. Appreciate uh, all those kind words, and um, uh, it's our privilege to lead and work with all of you. And I feel like we have a great staff and a great church and a growing church, and God's uh, doing good things. And you know, when I moved to West Virginia and left the staff I was a part of, a big church in Ohio, uh, my pastor at the time there, Pastor Mike, told me, he said, Pastor Aaron, he said, if you go and you continue to preach faith, you won't be able to turn people away. And so, um, above all things, there's a lot of topics in the Bible, but the Bible says this in Romans chapter 4, verse 16, that the key is faith. And I want to um, remind you that faith in the goodness of God, it's provided by grace and it's received by faith. Amen. And so I'm going to wrap up a series this morning, but let me give you a promo of next week. I want to start a brand new series, and I do believe it will be the best one yet. Um, I, we're going to talk about freedom for a few weeks. And in talking about freedom, I want to share next week why you are frustrated right now and why you feel like you're under attack right now. How many of you want to know the answer to that? Come next week. This week, we're going to wrap up a series. We've been doing a series called My Functional Family. And we took a survey in week one and realized that a lot of us feel like we may have been in a group in a dysfunctional setting. And that that is very possible. And we throw that term around dysfunctional family. But I thought maybe we should look at the other side of that. What makes a family functional? And so that's what we're going to, uh, that's what we've been doing. And I define function this way. Function or functional means the way something operates. It's part of something that makes something bigger operate. So it's an activity that makes something operate. The word dysfunctional means something is abnormal or impaired in its functioning. I like to say it this way. Sometimes we become dysfunctionally functional. And we're dysfunctional when we don't know how to function. And so we need truth. Amen? And so I put a slide up the last few weeks did a little bit of research just to show you the difference between a functional family and a dysfunctional family. And I'm not going to go through all of those. You could snap a picture of that if you want to. Obviously, the left side is what makes a family functional. The right side is what makes a family dysfunctional. But that, that's a, a, you can just take a, a quick snapshot of that. And over the last couple of weeks, we have just talked about these topics, a functional family they pursue properly. We talked about how to pursue God as a family. We talked about how functional families honor accurately. We talked about the need for honor in our families. And the last weekend, we talked about how functional families function responsibly and how we have to be responsible to, to function in our roles. We looked at all that last week. But I want to make sure I put this slide back up because I know with this many people here, this many people watching, this, that many people that will watch later, we have to be able to define the different family dynamics that we have. And so your family dy dynamic might look like this. It's me and you. That's a husband and wife. And the pyramid means we should always be pursuing God. So if that's what your family dynamic looks like, it's you and your spouse pursuing God. Or maybe your family dynamic has you and your spouse and them. That's the little ones that you made. And so it's you and your family with children also pursuing God. But there could be a few other family dynamics, and one could be this, that you might be disappear. There we go. It, it could be you as a single parent with children, but the goal is still what? To pursue God. 
or maybe right now it's just you as a single person, but guess what the goal still is to make you functional, is the pursuit of God, God's will, God's ways, and God's word. Someone say amen. amen. So we're going to wrap up this series this morning, and I was thinking about this this week. Uh, we moved here in 2007, me, me and my family, and the season after we moved here was really just, I always tell people we didn't plant a church, we replanted a church. And it was a church turnaround project. And there was a season of a lot of, of foundational work and a, a season of just a, a lot of ministry work, rolling up our sleeves and going to work. And it was just a season. We started where we were. We've come a long way. Some of you have been with us. You've stuck with us for the ride. Uh, but when we first started, there was just a season of really working. And, and after we had a, a little glimpse of opportunity, me and my family, to, to take a, a break for a week and, and grab a quick vacation... So we left all that work. We went to the beach. I tried to tune out all of the work sitting on the beach in the sand with my toes in the sand. Uh, my wife calls it her happy place. And we're sitting there and we get a phone call. And the phone call was that someone had broken to the church. Someone had, it's pretty bad when you break into a church. Wouldn't you agree? So they, they uh, broke in on the upper level of the church, went through the auditorium um, through the office wing and broke in and actually stole the safe out of the building and all the contents that were in the safe. And at that time, there wasn't a lot of people, wasn't a huge amount of resources, so that was a big deal. So we immediately started praying that um, God would halt that. I mean, they stole checks and everything, and they really did, by the time it was all said and done, there, there was limited damage. But the reason, looking back, why that happened was because we did not have an adequate security plan or security system at that time. Once that happened, one of the first things we did was was to create, you know, put in security cameras, put in a security system, and change our the way we did our safe and our money and all of those things. And so we made it pretty much fail-proof as we have done here. But that got me to thinking about. Uh, I did a little bit of research from the experts online. Everything online is true, right? Um, no, this, this was true uh, research. And I just narrow, narrowed, narrowed it down for you to give you some protection tips for your own home. And I'm going to make them an illustration. So the first thing the experts say to protect your own home and your family is that lighting is everything. Lighting is everything. And here's what, what I mean by that. They say that criminals like the dark. So your house needs to be well lit on the exterior, well lit around your house, because criminals like the dark spots. Well, isn't that like the enemy in our lives? He likes the dark spots of our lives. He likes the hidden areas of our lives. He likes the areas that we have not let the light shine on. And so there's a real enemy in the spiritual realm, just like there is in the natural realm. And guess what he's looking for? Some dark spots to hide. And we need to make sure that we have the lights on. Second thing they say is not only is lighting everything, security is essential. In other words, you need to have good locks, good doors, cameras, alarm systems, things of that nature. I, I remember growing up, um, I don't think we ever locked our doors. It was a different time. It was a different season. And, um, uh, but now, I mean, my wife, you go out the door and she locks it, she shakes it, she checks the alarm. I'm like, yeah, it'll be all right. Um, she's wiser than I am with those things. But we have to make sure that we have good security. And also, it's the same thing with the enemy. We need to make sure that we don't have any, 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 any easy access to our families. So lighting is everything. 
Security is essential. And they said this, avoid empty appearances. So let's say that you take off on vacation. The best thing you could do is make sure that your house still looks lived in because criminals will watch and they see that your place looks like it's not lived in. Someone isn't there. It makes your, your dwelling place easy access. And like, for example, if you go on vacation, you like to post all the pictures about you and your vacation. Guess what the criminals are doing? Oh, they're at the beach. Guess who's not at home? So just being smart with things like that, appearance is everything. And I like to translate that to a spiritual thought like this. We need to be present, not absent when it comes to our families. You can be present and not be present. And so just like in the natural, there are some security issues. There are some things we need to protect. We need to be able to do that spiritually speaking, emotionally speaking with with our, our families. Here's my title for the next few moments. Functional families protect fiercely. Everyone say fiercely. They protect fiercely. Now, with this many people that are here, this many people that are watching, we might have a couple stories, if we took time, of you having to physically protect your dwelling place from an intruder. But I want you to know that that's probably a rare occasion. The best thing we need to do is be proactive. Um, anyone ever been whitewater rafting? Well, obviously, if you go a couple hours from here, there's one of the best whitewater rafting places in the world. And I'm convinced that the goal of being a good whitewater rafter is to be proactive. Here's how it goes. You go down there and they, they um, give you your oars and your life vests and your helmets. And then you have to watch the, the, the little video that tells you how to whitewater raft and how to be safe. How many have ever seen the little video? I hate those safety videos. I'm like, put me in the water. I'll figure it out. That's my mentality, right? But, but the, the, the people that know what they're doing is they go through this video and they tell you over and over and over and they tell you on the way to the river and they tell you before you get in the river how important it is to keep rowing and keep your paddles in the water and keep your paddles in the water. That's what they put in, in your head. But you realize when you get into the middle of a class six rapid and you're about six feet in the air, you cannot keep your oars in the water. But if you try to keep your oars in the water, guess what you do? You stay in the boat. Isn't that the most important place to be in a class six rapid? In the boat. But if you're concentrating and you're proactive with your rowing, you're going to stay in the boat. When you're watching the birds and watching the waves and your oars come out, guess where you're going? Underneath the boat. It's not a good place to be. I've been there. It's a frightening moment. So you want to be proactive. I want to challenge you this morning. Let's be proactive with our faith. Let's be proactive with our families. The world we're in, the culture we're in, the society we're in, with the dark strategies around us, we need to be proactive. Someone say amen. amen. All right, so when I'm talking about being uh, fiercely protective today, I want you to know that you and I can either be protective or destructive. We can be destructive or protective with our families. And there's a difference between those two things. But I want to I focus on those two things today. And every week I get up here and I give you usually three life points. But today I don't have three life points. I have three life questions. Three life questions for you. Y'all ready to go? Here's number one. And I'm talking to the men. Are you a messed up man? Ladies, do not answer that for us. Are you a messed up man? Man, once again, we're talking about being destructive or protective. Now, guys, I want you to hear this. You can be destructive or protective in, with your mouth, with your muscles, and with your mannerisms. 
Did y'all hear that? With your mouth, with your muscles, with your mannerisms. Do you know, guys, the words that come out of our mouths are powerful? The Bible says the word to love our families, just like Jesus loves the church. And I'll read a scripture to you at the end of this message that says this, that Jesus washes the church with his word. Do you know that your words that you speak to your wives, over your wives, over your kids, if they're destructive words, they will, they will tear down your family. If they are uplifting words, if they are the words of Jesus, if they are encouraging words, it's going to build up your wife, it's going to build up your spouse, and it's going to build up your kids. You are either protective or constructive or you are destructive with your words. Your words are so important. They are creative words. How did God create the, the world that we're in? He spoke. Every time you speak, you are, you are either constructing or being destructive with your families. One of the greatest powers you have as a man, and you will mess things up if you are talking down, exasperating your family with your words. Your words are important. Not only your mouth, but your muscles. Obviously, that speaks for itself. The Bible says this, that ladies, you are the weaker part of this marriage, but it means physically. It doesn't mean emotionally. It doesn't mean spiritually. It just says you're weaker physically. We're supposed to protect you, but there are men who use their muscles to be destructive, to be damaging, and real men don't hit women. I hope I don't have to preach on that, but we can be protective. You should be protecting, just like if someone tried to come and invade your home, Guys, how many know you would go into full-blown ninja? Hopefully, you're not hiding behind your wife. <laughs> Guys, how many have ever been there? It's the middle of the night. Does your wife just hear stuff all the time? Hear stuff, right? She's like, did you hear that? I'm like, no, I was asleep. What was that? I don't know. I'm asleep. And you know what's coming next? The last thing you want to do is what? Get up and go check right? How many have done that? You're there in your, in your BVDs, walking through the house. <laughs> we're, to be, we're to be protective. And also by your mannerisms. Is your family, are your kids, do they feel safe, not just physically, but spiritually, emotionally? Listen, the world that we're in right now, guys, we need to stand up and make sure our families know that serving God, living for God, boldly standing up for God is the safest place they can be. Amen. I heard someone say this, that um, you, are, you are safer in the will of God if you're serving God in the middle of a war in Iraq than you would be out of the will of God on the streets of Disney World. What I'm saying is living in the will of God doesn't matter what's going on around you if you're boldly living for God and protecting your family. But see, we could be messed up when we are not protective with our mouth, our mannerisms, and with our muscles. So let, let me share with you three signs that you have some destructive, messed up habits working in your life, guys. And you're like, what? I know guys, you're saying, why are you picking on us? I'm going to pick on the ladies in a minute. Let me pick on you first. I think there are three signs that prove if we're destructive with our families. And listen. I don't want you to think just because I'm up here that my family's perfect. We know your family's not perfect. We're all learning. We're all on a journey. But when we do it God's way, we're always, we're always growing. We're changing. We're elevating. We're, we're growing. Uh, we, we can live this. We, yeah, I told you last week, because he put a blessing on us, we can do this thing. But guys, listen to this. Three destructive habits that we could have. And number one is if we're domineering. 
if we are domineering. That's a sign that we're distracted. You say, what, what do you mean by domineering? Well, domineering is described this way, that you assert your will in an arrogant way. It's my way or the highway. I'm just domineering with how I want things. It's, it's not us. It's how I see things and how I want things. Just a very domineering dad or a very domineering husband, domineering with your words, domineering with your thoughts, domineering with your feelings. Don't anyone raise their hand, but if you've ever been in that type of environment, it's very degrading. The Bible says this, don't exasperate your kids. That means breaking their spirit. You do that by being very domineering. You do it by using your words like that. But just be, by being domineering, the Bible says that, that we're, we're to be life partners in this if, if you are married. We, we, we're not to be domineering, but that's the first sign that you might be a messed up man. The second sign that you might be a messed up man is being passive. Being passive. That means you allow things to happen without responding that you're, you can be present without being present. You're an absent dad. You're an absent husband. But being passive. Now, I know what you're thinking. Okay, we're, you said that we are not to be domineering. Now you're saying not to be passive. What are we supposed to be? You're supposed to be a leader. We learned that last week. You're supposed to be the head of the house. You're supposed to be the leader of the house. So just let me, can I camp there for a moment? And let me say this. There's no one in here that is a perfect husband or a perfect dad. But we have a perfect word. We can learn these things. And, and let me set you all free from something. The reason why there's a lot of dysfunction in our families is because we grew up in dysfunction. And there's a reason why we may act the way we do. But at some point as a believer, that, those reasons have to stop being excuses. I'm going to talk to this side. Y'all didn't like that. There are reasons why we have been destructive. But at some point in our walk... Those reasons have to stop being excuses. There might be a reason why you learned to be that way, or you acted that way, or you talked that way. But how many know when Jesus gets involved, he says we're a brand new creation. It doesn't mean immediately everything is changed, but what it does mean that he'll begin to change us. He'll renew our minds. He'll, he'll change the way we talk. It actually means that you are a species that did not exist before. It actually means that the Spirit of God now dwells inside of you. What's in you is greater than what's around you. He who is for you is greater than everything that was against you. Are you all hearing that? So we have to know this, that no matter how I learned this, how I came up, what was done to me, at some point we need to allow God to change that, alter that, and let God mold us and make us into the men he wants us to be. Your families need it. Our churches need it. Our country needs it. What our country needs right now is leadership. What our churches need right now is leadership. What our schools need right now is leadership. What our families need right now is leadership. So we can't be passive. Now, now I'm going to build on this, so stick with me. So uh, another sign is, uh, so the signs of being a destructive husband are, um, what are they? What was the first one? Domineering. Domineering. Second one is you're passive. And the third one is if you're immoral, allowing areas of our life where we allow areas of impurity, sinfulness, immoral things in our life. Guys, we need to take those things on, lay those things at the feet of Jesus, and let, let him remold us, remold our thinking, change us, repent of some things. Our families need us to stand up and be righteous, to be moral, not to be immoral like the rest of the world is. So if you're a messed up man, those are some signs that might be in your life. Now, now let me say this. Um, we thank God for his grace. It's sufficient. It's what changes us. 
So I don't want you to walk out of here and just say, well, i got to go home and fix all this. No, you need to allow God to, be, be, to begin to change and mold you. Amen? All right, ladies, are you ready? Here's my second question. So are you a messed up man? Are you a whacked out woman? <laughs> it's the best word I could come up with, right? Don't, don't be offended at that. But just like men can be destructive or protective, you, you can be the same way. They, they do it with their mouth, with their muscle and their mannerisms. You do it with your words, with your wisdom, and with your walk. The Bible said this, there is, there is the power of life and death in your tongue. I mean, how many know that there are just times your mom could say things and fear went away? She would say things and you felt like you could do anything. I'm telling you, ladies, the Bible said that God sent you alongside your family to be the helper. And when you speak those words of life, those words of encouragement, it just does something. When they're supportive and encouraging. So use your words. Um, your, your, your wisdom as well. The Bible says in Psalm 31, it tells us what, how much godly wisdom plays a part that honors her family. So the wisdom that you walk in, and I would encourage you with this. The Bible says there's two kinds of wisdom. There's a wisdom that comes from above, and there's a wisdom that's below this, that's demonic. I'm telling you, ladies, I want to challenge you. Become full of the wisdom of God. And you'll bring healing to your household. You'll bring healing to your neighborhoods. You, you'll bring life to those areas. Your words, your wisdom, and, and, and your walk. The Bible actually says this. And maybe you're, maybe you, um, uh, the Bible actually says this. Maybe, you, maybe you're married to someone and they're not a believer. The Bible says that the character in your life will win them over. It will actually win them over more than your nagging, more than your preaching will. Just your character. We should have good character. So let me give you some signs, ladies, that you have destructive behavior. Guys, you ready? We're going to let them have it. Here we go. If you're critical, being critical, just be quiet, guys. You'll be in trouble when you get home. <laughs> Criticalness. You know, being critical expresses disapproval. I just said how important your words are. But some ladies can be very, very full of criticism, very critical, and it's a sign that you're whacked out. And I know what you're thinking. There's a lot to be critical of. I, I told my wife this the other day. I said, I've got to be, quit being so critical about everything going on around me. But I said, there's so much ammunition. There's so much going on. It's, 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 it's hard not to be critical right now. But, but, but we have to watch, ladies, when we begin to criticize our children and criticize our husbands. The thing, the thing he needs most is respect, and it minimalizes him, makes him feel inadequate. Second sign that you might be whacked out is not only if you're con that you're critical, but you're controlling, that you're controlling. Basically, when you're controlling, it's a form of manipulation. And many women can, can manipulate. You say, how, how can they manipulate? I'll just give you a couple of examples. Anger. Pouting, seduction, those are all ways of controlling. See, God put a family together that you support one another. The man is, is the head and the woman is the support. doesn't mean he's greater. It just means he's the leader. But to take control takes away his, his manhood. It's a wrong spirit. It's a spirit in the world right now. It's a spirit of Jezebel. It's a spirit of darkness. It's a spirit of witchcraft. Now, I'm not saying if you have some control issues, you're a witch. I'm just saying, you need to work on some areas. <laughs> Don't misunderstand me. There's a difference between attitude adjustment and, and demonic, right? And here's the last one. Here's the last one, contention. There's some ladies that can just be very, very contentious. Here's, let me give you a better word, strife. 
know what the Bible says about that? I want you to hear what the Bible says. It actually says, guys, husbands, dads, it's better for you to live on the corner of a rooftop than under the roof of a house with a contentious wife. Then it says this, it's better to live out in the desert than under the roof with a contentious wife. I'm talking about all the drama, all the strifefulness, all those areas sometimes, ladies, that, that you might get caught up in. So those are signs. Are you a messed up man? Don't answer out loud. Are you a whacked out woman? Let me give you my third question and start to bring us some help. Here's my third question. Are you protecting fiercely? Are you protecting fiercely? You know, I love the ads. They've changed it a little bit now, but Under Armour. You ever see those ads and they, they, you know, they're working out, it's before a game, and they're like, we will protect this house. We will protect this house. How many sense this How many when you watch that, I'm like ready to tackle somebody. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> tackle my wife, knock her down. She's like, what was that? We're going to protect this house. We need to be protectors of our house. And are we doing that fiercely? Because I want you to know there's an enemy who wants to steal, kill, and destroy your marriage, your kids, your future, your finances, your health. And we got to protect our house. We got to protect the house of God, and you got to protect your house. No matter what your family triangle looks like, one of the things you're called to do is be God's security guards. Protect what comes in and out of your kid's life. Who comes in and out of your kid's life? Who comes in and out of your house? Who comes in and out of your environments? You know, if you didn't get a chance, um, Pastor Mitch and, and Brittany did LifePoint Live. Was it this week? Yeah, they did an awesome job. If you did not see it, go, you can still go on Instagram. You can watch it. They just talked about this very thing, about protecting their kids, protecting their families. There's some stuff out there. They just need to be protected. So are we protecting? And remember I said the best way to protect is not to wait until someone is busted through the door. The time to do it is to do what? Beforehand. Make sure things are lit. That the light of the word of God is working in your house. Make sure there's no dark areas. Make sure that the locks, the doors, the security. Don't allow dark areas. Don't allow easy access. And make sure things aren't empty. Make sure you're present. Be present with your kids. Present with your family. Let the word of God be present in your house. 